0: Hi, right, this is Derwin James, and you listen to the Chargers Podcast Network.
1: What's up, guys? Chris Harry with you on a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly 2020 Training Camp presented by SoFi is underway. The veterans have arrived. A little bit later, we're gonna to talk to James Co. of DirecTV's Fantasy Zone. You may not know it, but you probably have a fantasy football draft coming up in a couple of weeks. We're going to go through the Chargers offense, value all of these guys. Where should you draft a guy like Keenan Allen or Mike Williams or Hunter Henry or Austin Eckler? James Coe is going to tell you. But first, a very busy week at the Hope Performance Center. I break it down right now with Chargers reporter Haley Elwood. It's training camp week. The vets have arrived. And Haley, this is not our typical conventional training camp. Normally, we'd be doing this in person at Jack Hammett. Uh, much different circumstances this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I will say I still am wearing leggings, which I usually <laughs> wear during training camp. But, uh, but yeah, very different circumstances. Even traditions working- alive. Exactly. Keep it rolling. We are, you know, we are still working from home. We are still doing this virtually. It is crazy. Very, very different circumstances. But in a weird way, seeing the photos and seeing the videos of the guys show up over the last week, rookies last week, obviously veterans earlier this week, it felt reassuring. And I yeah. think that's sort of the vibe that everyone's getting right now with sports coming back or restarting, whatever you know, terminology you want to use. You know, we can't deny what's currently happening right now with the pandemic in the world, but there was a little bit of a peace of mind like, okay, here we go. Like, we're going to get this going because guys have not physically been anywhere since the season ended.
1: Yeah, it's that it's cautious optimism. You see everybody mm-hmm. come together and um, we've talked to so many of these guys via Zoom <laughs> and, and still yet to meet them in person, yep. right? But the, the fact that they're all together now and they can actually start to form a team this year the 2020 charges as they come together rookies free agents guys who've been here for a long time uh, I think that to this week more than ever you start to feel a little bit more normalcy right
2: absolutely I think that's totally it I think there's yeah you mentioned cautious optimism but that reassurance of seeing guys get together you you truly feel like the band is back together because they they are they all showed up and and it's just good it, it feels good to see everyone it, it is awesome to see the rookies out on the field because they haven't had that opportunity to come out. You know, they would have been out here in may and we would, like you said, we would have talked to them in person and all of that, but it's just, it it does feel good. And, and it'll be interesting to see where everything goes from here. But for the time being, it's nice to see things kind of getting underway right now.
1: It's a big news, Mr. Bosa has agreed to terms on an extension with the Chargers. Uh, This was a a move that really sets the Chargers up nicely. I mean, Joey just turned 25 years old. It's amazing what he's done in just uh, his four short years in the NFL and and how much great football he has in front of him. So this was a a great deal all around for both Joey and the Chargers.
2: Yeah, a great deal and essentially a no-brainer. I mean, how do you not extend a guy like Joey Bosa – 40 sacks in 51 games, defensive rookie of the year, his rookie season, his production just speaks for himself. And I think the one great thing, and and Coach alluded to this when he talked earlier this week, is is the deal's done. Like, they got it done now. So it's not hanging over anyone's head, whether it's the player's head, the team's head. It is a done deal. He is here locked in this year, obviously, and then five more seasons after. So what he brings to this team is invaluable. And I think when you look at what the Kansas City Chiefs did with extending Patrick Mahomes, you need a guy on your team who's going (laughs) to play chess with him over these next few years, and you've obviously got that in Joey.
1: Yeah, and and Joey, when he's on the field too, I mean, he's top 10 in sacks since he got in the league but he's played nine fewer games than the guys around him, too. So he's hit the quarterback on a per-game basis more than anybody in the league except for Aaron Donald. So the way he can impact the game, Haley, it's not just the sacks. It's affecting the quarterback. Um, He's great against the run. And you look at all three levels of your defense now. You have Derwin James, Mm -hmm. uh, Kenneth Murray, who we expect to be a really good player. is going to take a little time, I think. Uh, And then to have Joey with Melvin on the other side and hopefully see some development from Tillery this year, Uh, the makings of of a pretty good good defense
2: absolutely and I think you mentioned he's played fewer games obviously he dealt with injury and he would have probably had three pro bowls in four years if it wasn't for that one season but he is just he's a force out there he's a hundred percent a force and the thing that I love about Joey too he does it quietly you know he's a very interesting sort of person where he just gets the job done he's not a frills not a flashy kind of guy but his place certainly certainly speaks for itself
1: I love how how Joey rolled up and then how Melvin Ingram rolled up.
2: <laughs> that is, that's all you need to know. Polaris. That's all you need to know.
1: Their personalities couldn't be more different. Great dudes who could both get to the quarterback.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean by quietly. He shows up, he walks in, he goes, I made it with his glasses on. <laughs> Melvin Ingram strolling up in a Polaris. I made the joke. This is my seventh season with the team. I've been doing this all wrong, apparently. I, yeah. you know, I need... This year might not be the year for a massive training camp entrance, but we'll work on it eventually.
1: Yeah, where were you in 2019 with the Polaris, Haley?
2: Yeah, right? <laughs> Missed that opportunity for sure.
1: Well, we also got to hear from, from Coach and General Manager Tom Telesco. Uh, just overall takeaways from those guys, uh, I guess starting with Tom, who, who spoke on Monday to the media.
2: Yeah, I think the thing with Tom is is he you want to talk about cautious optimism. He's your guy to mention that. And I think one of the things that I love that he said was seeing everything kind of come together, he was very optimistic, but you can't get complacent. Mm-hmm. And so not only is this team balancing trying to win football games and win a championship, but you're balancing a pandemic. Tom said it himself. You have two opponents this year. You have any guy, any team that you play on Sunday, and COVID-19. And so I think you know he's such a guiding force, and he'll do a great job. He talked about the fact that he's kind of a well, abbreviate here as he did. P.I.A. going around the office <laughs> telling people, you know, put your mask up your nose, or, or making sure that every everyone's following protocol because it is a lot, but. There was a lot of just optimism in general listening to him. He even talked about the fact that he actually was able to get football work done this week already, yeah. which was great because he said, you know, we, we've kind of been going through the motions of the protocols and everything like that, and you cannot let your guard down at all. But it's good to kind of get back to whatever you want to call normal is right now. <laughs> that seems to kind of be where he got back to this week.
1: Yeah, and he mentioned how detailed these protocols are. I mean, yeah. is, it's probably bigger than the playbook for, for, for some Honestly, of these guys, to be And I think
2: it. it probably changes more than the playbook, too.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the game plan changes on a daily basis when it comes to that. Um, one of the interesting things, I, I, I think Tom talked about it, too. This training camp is so unconventional, Haley. This is a combination yeah. of OTAs, I think, for the first 8 to 10 days. I mean, it's really, you're ramping up into football shape. Then you get in shells. Then you get in pads. By the way, you have to evaluate players, uh, yeah. especially some of these undrafted free agents and rookies. And you also have to game plan for the Bengals. That's the the first opponent up. So you're doing all of this in a six-week period. And I realize that they got some good work in via Zoom this offseason from a mental standpoint. But uh, to be able to pack all of this in for the next six weeks, it's going to be a lot for all 32 teams.
2: It is. It's the ultimate juggling act right now of, of balancing all different types of, you mentioned, like, figurative balls, if you will, in the air of how you handle all of this, because I think the other thing too, and and Tom alluded to this, you have the pandemic, right? And you want to keep your players safe in that way, but you also need to keep your players safe physically, which is why there's this extended ramp up period that the NFL and PA agreed on, which is so important because these guys have not been out on the field yet. And with no preseason games, you obviously look at some of those undrafted guys, some of the newer guys on the team. And think, you know, this is a team that has a great track record of finding success with those players, but how do you find, you know, how do you evaluate them and how do you do things? And and he just said that, you know, obviously opportunities for guys like that will probably be on a lesser scale than in years past, but they'll be finding ways to figure it out. And ultimately, things can change on a dime. Like, you. Yeah. You never know if, if some guy gets placed on a list, it is literally the ultimate next man up kind of year here. So it's, you know, it kind of goes back to what this team has said from April when the virtual off season program started, whatever team handles all of this the best way will probably be the team that comes out on top in February.
1: Yeah. Well said. And, and it's a great point. You mentioned, we're talking so much about the pandemic rightfully so, but this yeah. is a physical sport and these, these first, eight to 10 days of camp are so important to get these guys into football shape. Tom mentioned like the soft tissue injuries yeah. and the things that you want to avoid uh, and, and they come up in camp, they come up in, in any camp. So it's important to, to be cognizant of, of, of the injuries and getting these guys on the field when they're ready to be on the field. And I, I do find it fascinating how these undrafted free agents are going to factor into this year, because Tom also mentioned, listen, the, pandemic is going to change things on a daily basis we're going to need all of these guys so if you get released you may come back yeah. um, you know this this practice squad is going to be relied on probably more than than any other year so it's going to be important for these guys to try to make an impression when they can but but also control what you can control and you may be called upon
2: absolutely and i think right now the team's rocking with 86 i think you can have up to 90 at this point you i believe there's a cut down to 80 I think August 16th possibly or, or something along those lines. But I think the chargers are in a really fortunate situation right now to be able to carry as many guys as they can, because you want to look at everyone right now. If someone gets placed on a list or goes out with an injury or something like that, you know, you want to make sure that you have all eyes on all those young players, those undrafted guys, because to your point, if you release them, they could be back next week. And practice practice squad this year is larger anyway. So you're probably, you know, gonna have to get a good look at those guys because more than likely they may be coming back if they fit the mold of this team. And I think it's really beneficial for the Chargers right now to have not, you know, cut anyone early or anything like that, because they can really take a good look at who is on their roster right now and where they may see those guys fitting in.
1: You also talk about veteran leadership. This is going to be the first time that, that these vets even see these rookies. Yeah. I mean, everything has been like this, you know, yeah. you know, from from across the country. So to to have a guy like KJ Hiller, Joe Reed in a in a wide receivers room with Keenan and Mike or Joshua Kelly to to learn some stuff from from Austin, um, you know, list goes on and on. Tyrod from Justin Herbert, uh, that's where you get better when, when you have veterans showing the younger guys the way.
2: Absolutely. And I think they've done a good job of that already with the virtual meetings. And it's even too like veteran to veteran because even our free agents haven't been out here physically yet. They've been That's obviously right. in meetings. Um, it's just so crazy when you think about it, even still. But I think this team's done a good job at it already. And I think it can only continue to get better, especially now that obviously guys are together or will be working out together. This is where those bonds get built. And it's hard to make up for lost time, obviously, but you can do whatever you can. And I think the leadership that is brought through Coach Lynn, through other coaches on the staff, it radiates. And we've seen that in other seasons where times have even gotten kind of hard, but, you know, the team's never really broken. And I think it's good to see that and have that leadership and, and it'll be beneficial for them overall.
1: Haley, anything else you, you took from Coach's Presser? I know you wrote a story today. Mm-hmm. That, and that was, I think that was the best line in his, in his presser. Yeah. So it's just like, listen, it's chaos every day. You got to just prepare uh-huh. for chaos.
2: This is, I want to get it like embroidered on a shirt that just says, <laughs>
1: it should be a welcome tagline. chaos. <laughs> yeah, it's,
2: it's 100% a tagline because as applicable as it is to football teams right now, just general life too, like welcome chaos. Yeah. And I just think, you know, that's, it was just such a good summation of, of where we are right now, where he said, you know, we welcome it. We bring it on because if you cannot adapt and if you cannot change to what is currently happening, you're going to fail. And again, the team that does this the best will come out on top. But I think it's so interesting just because I kind of, when I wrote that recap, I kind of equate, equated every day to almost a game. Like there are yeah. in-game adjustments being made literally every day with, with certain things and certain protocols we make the joke about things changing, things adjusting, but it's just how it is. And so I just thought it was really interesting. And I think, you know, he elaborated a little bit more on maybe ways to kind of get some of those younger guys experience and talked about how they may be able to create game type situations and practice and have certain periods and really kind of get a good look at them. And he said, you know, one drawback is there are some guys who tend to practice better than they play. And that's what the preseason is for. But, you know, that's where you rely on game tape and you rely on the work that your scouts have done and the stuff that you've looked at over the last, you know, whether it's year or however many years. But I think it'll be interesting. And I think, you know, again, he's a guiding force and we'll just, you know, it'll just be interesting where it goes from here. I feel like every time we talk, it's like, well, we'll see what happens and we'll see what happens. <laughs> but, but you know, there is so much unknown to this season, but the way that he sort of, heading the ship right now and and staying the course, I think you just have to be as level as possible, but also be adaptable. You cannot, as Tom said, get complacent. And I think coach made that really, really clear.
1: Yeah, this is the latest installment of we'll see what happens, but but it's just getting closer now. We're, we're hearing from the general manager. It we're is. hearing from the head coach. We're going to hear from some of the players here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I, I think last thing that that is so fascinating to me, because I was actually trying to rack my brain. I was looking back in the history of the league the last time there wasn't a preseason. I, I, I don't have a time when, when there was no exhibition games, no preseason games. Um, Tom mentioned how some of uh, the Chargers coaches may pull some some insight from the college game and some of the guys from college that, that are, are preparing for a season. They don't have preseason games. They have spring games, but yeah, um, this is just going to be totally different in terms of Fully evaluating your team, what you have also, you know, Tom mentioned maybe a little bit different style of offense and defense. This team will play in 2020 that they have to adjust to.
2: Yeah. There are a lot of changes that are happening this year, obviously with the chargers. And I think one of the benefits is that the coaching staff is largely the same. So even though some players have, you know, moved on or stepped forward or whatever it is, you, you do have that same sort of guiding force with coaches, but it's really interesting, but in a weird way, what's happening right now in terms of COVID, in terms of everything at the preseason getting canceled, it's sort of the ultimate equalizer where every team, since every team is dealing with it, it's going to be interesting, you know, to see who sort of rises to the occasion, who maybe doesn't. And that's just in terms of teams in this league, but it'll be really, really interesting. And I think, again, this team has such a great track record with finding those undrafted guys. I mean, hello, Austin Eckler, like, That's all we need to know. But he, he who's going to be Austin Eckler
0: this year?
1: Who's who's going to be Austin Eckler this year, Haley? We don't know
2: exactly. And there may not be one. There may not be one. But that fourth preseason game, I dub it the Austin Eckler game. Like that game was it for him? It put him on the map. And now those guys won't have that opportunity. But you know, I kind of was thinking too. Coach was asked. I think it was when rookie mini camp was supposed to be your virtual rookie mini camp back in May. And I think I had asked him, you know, how do you evaluate guys? And, and he said, you know, they give them kind of quizzes, they'll quiz them and, and they'll ask questions and he can really gauge a guy's intellect and sort of engagement based on the type of answer that he gives. Mm. So I think one really interesting part for me with this whole situation, whether it's the virtual period to now, it's a lot of sort of independent study and it's a lot of being self sufficient. And for some of these guys, you know, this is their first real job. They're, you know, traveling across country, this is their first real job. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, sort of personal accountability on some players and huge. who, huge, who really takes it seriously, you know, who it might be a little harder for. And, and, coach did say yesterday, you know, it could, it could be harder for guys who are late bloomers or a little like slow learners, but, but they will try to ultimately get them on the field in the best possible situations that they can to hopefully evaluate them to the most ability.
1: I said last week, we're inching closer to yep. football. Um, <laughs> Haley and I will have you covered whether it's zoom, whether it's podcast, whether it's eventually at practice, we got a lot of fun stuff in store for 2020. We're we're getting there, Haley. We're getting there. We it's are. not it's not what it feels like. It didn't feel like day one, day two, day three of training camp right now, but um we'll get there eventually.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, are we supposed to be counting days right now? Is this like day <laughs> is this
1: day three? <laughs> is this is yeah, day no. three of
2: camp. <laughs> day three of
1: camp live from my apartment. Exactly.
2: So. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, hopefully uh hopefully we'll be able to to head out there, uh see each other not two dimensionally. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right Haley, we'll see you soon. Thank you. All right, couldn't be more pleased to bring on a buddy of mine, friend of the podcast, James Co. Got his hand in everything: Direct TV Fantasy Zone, Amazon Prime. We got the Monkey Knife Fight, Fantasy Five, MicroPod. Co.
0: What's up, brother? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you bringing me on, and, and um, it has been, uh, I, man, it has been a real pleasure, I, I guess, to kind of see you grow and develop too. So. Um, I know we're, we're, we, we've are we kind of been, you know, seeing each other uh, through social media and, and uh, regular media, too. But, man, it, it's good to be back on the podcast uh, talking talk Chargers football, man. Absolutely. And let's start
1: with fantasy because I think with everything going on right now, it's almost easy to forget, oh, I have a fantasy football draft coming up here in a couple of weeks. How are you approaching it as someone who follows it as close as anybody – how do you approach a season like this w- with so much kind of up in the air?
0: Yeah, I mean, especially with, you know, COVID and everything and the opt-outs and, and who knows what's going to be happening um, as the season progresses. But um, unfortunately, you got to just kind of, or maybe it's fortunately, I don't know. But either way, you got to kind of sort of approach this as, um, as normal as you can, right? So you're, you're still doing the analysis, who's going to get the snaps, who's going to get the targets, who's going to get the touches. Um, you know, w- what are we projecting here in terms of growth, who's going to decline, and, uh, Depth charts, free agent moves, draft picks, uh, all of that stuff uh, factors in. I don't know how you factor in COVID uh, other than just kind of accepting the fact that it's going to be more volatile, um, especially as the season wears long. So the Chargers, I'm
1: looking at all their offensive stats last year, and largely you have to throw a lot out of the window, right? No more Phillip Rivers. Melvin Gordon, who was the bell cow, who, who kind of came on later in 2019, no longer with the team. Shane right. Steichen's first full year as an offensive coordinator. You bring in James Camp in, kind of a new-look offensive line, and obviously the quarterback's different. So I thought it would be fun for, for Chargers fans to kind of go through – these impressive set of offensive weapons and see where James Coe has some of these guys. Um, and I, I think the, the appropriate place to start is the quarterback position. You know, we haven't seen Tyrod under center as a starter in a while, but uh, when we did see him, it was with Coach Lynn in Buffalo. Uh, he was a pro bowler one of those years, had a, a few games in Cleveland. But um, this is a guy who can make plays with his legs, James, and he is going to be playing with the best set of weapons he's ever had in the NFL.
0: I think I think that's accurate. Um, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I don't believe any of these quarterbacks, whether we're talking about uh, the rookie or Tyrod Taylor, I just don't think they're going to be fantasy relevant. Uh, there's going to be weeks where you're going to play the matchups. And, and I like Tyrod Taylor as a player. Um, I think he doesn't get nearly enough credit um, that he deserves because, as you mentioned, he's a playmaker. I mean, the guy's going to give you, you know, 500 yards on the ground, um, you know, something like 3000 yards through the air. so. And, again, 3,000 yards to the air, it doesn't sound impressive, but the bottom line is, to me, this is a guy that is an above-average NFL quarterback, doesn't get the praise, doesn't get the credit uh, that he deserves. I don't think anyone's mixing him up for, you know, a top-10 elite guy. But the bottom line is, I think he can keep the offense moving and, you know, first downs and and keep those chains going in the right direction. I think Tyrod Taylor in lieu of Phillip Rivers will be just – Line for this Chargers offense because I mean here from a fantasy perspective was Philip Rivers even fantasy relevant I, I just I just don't see it I, I didn't see it I, he had some matchups where you would go with him but and I see Tyrod kind of sort of being the same way so um and and, and we'll see if Justin Herbert gets his chance too but um and, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there but as we sit today I think Tyrod's going to get the first crack in And given his skill set, you know, I would be surprised to see, you know, Justin Herbert before, you know, game number eight or game number 10, something like that. I I think Tyrod's going to hold on to it for a while.
1: Yeah, and I think the formula, it's different between talking about fantasy numbers and actually winning football games. And and I think the formula to winning football games for the Chargers is Plain and simple, take care of the football and take the football away. Two things that they did not do last year, uh, which led to a lot of losses of one score games. So um, another guy, you were high on from jump, man, because I remember working with you when when Austin Eckler was an undrafted free agent to see what he did last year, right? 557 rushing yards, three touchdowns. But in the passing game, 92 catches, seven yard shy of a thousand yards and eight receiving touchdowns. That's about as impressive as you can get from a running back, a pass-catching perspective. Only Christian McCaffrey had more catches than Austin Eckler, James.
0: Yeah, it's insane to me. You know, the fact that uh, we got a guy out here who is a great running back, I I, I truly believe that, Uh, but is one of the elite receivers in the NFL, too. And, you know, people talk about Christian McCaffrey, and, and of course, that's well-deserved, no doubt about it. But right behind Christian McCaffrey in terms of being an overall running back, uh, it's got to be Austin Eckler. The guy, again, as you mentioned, you know, just uh, a handful of catches short of 100 catches. And and the catches he's making, too, deep downfield, you know, down the sideline, as a slot receiver, they're working him everywhere. It's not like he's just catching dump offs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And being asked to work up field. No, they're using him as a receiver because he has elite athleticism and his technique, the technique that he's picking up uh, over the past couple of years as a receiver is also translating on the field as well. You want to put a linebacker on this dude one-on-one? He's going to absolutely gas <laughs> you up. Watch out. So, no, I-, I loved Austin Eckler from the jump, as you mentioned. Um, and, and this year's no different. You know, uh, he is the clear cut starter. You know, I think, you know, Jackson will get some burn. Um, if you want to talk deep sleepers, I love Joshua Kelly as a potential deep sleeper as well. But no, Austin Eckler is the engine to this offense. And, you know, you talk about that offensive line, Chris. I don't think we've talked about it enough. They added Brian Bulaga, they add Trey Turner. These are two guys in addition to Mike Towns, who I know is getting up there in age, but. I just think this line, and again, health will always be a concern with the Chargers, but if this line can stay healthy, um, they certainly have made improvements.
1: They have. How do you view Austin? Because, you know, in in PPR, obviously, that's a guy you want on on your roster. And and to take the place of Melvin Gordon, I almost envision Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly kind of being those two guys who are going to try to take that role of Melvin Gordon and let Austin be Austin, you know, line him up out wide put him on the field in third down, second down, um, maybe put him in the backfield with Kelly or Jackson. I almost view Austin as, as different. He's, he's, he's that flex, ultimate flex guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some concern, obviously, that, you know, can he hold up because of his size. But the way that the, the offensive coordinators for the Chargers moved him around as a movable chess piece uh, last year was certainly encouraging. They didn't ask him to be that old school running back football player where we're just going to give you the ball and ask you to make plays in between the tackles. No, that's not his strength. They ran him outside um, a, a lot. Not not saying that he can't run inside because, you know, the numbers tell me he actually was pretty good in between the tackles as well. But um, as you mentioned, played him as an outside wide receiver. They yeah. played him as a slot receiver. I mean, they would line him up tight, you know, two running back sets. It's just, He's so versatile. You can move him around the field anywhere you want. And I think the Chargers did a great job of finding him and putting him in places to succeed. And I'm looking forward to Stike doing that again in 2020.
1: All right, wide receivers. Keenan Allen was not pleased with his uh, ranking on the top 100. And, you know, I, I think it's justified since 2017, third in the NFL receptions, fourth in yards, Fifth in targets, he's been consistent. He's played in every single game in each of the last three years. Uh, with no Philip Rivers, obviously, there's going to be an adjustment with with these receivers getting uh, accustomed to tie rod on a daily basis. Uh, but where do you view Keenan Allen in, in in the grand scheme of fantasy in
0: 2020? Look, he went to Cal. I went to Cal. I, I absolutely <laughs> love Keenan Allen. I've kicked up for Keenan Allen. I agree, he's way too low. Um, Okay, now that's it. Let let me get all the platitudes out of the way because I think Keenan Allen is a fantastic football player. I think in real life, Keenan Allen to me is a clear cut, you know, top 12, top 15, certainly a top 15, um, a, a top 12 real life receiver. Okay. Now, in fantasy, I've got my concerns because I do think Tyrod Taylor is going to keep the the chains moving, will keep the offense um, on the field and and do good things for the offense. But I don't think Tyrod's skill set meshes very well at all with what Keenan Allen wants to get done. He's primarily a slot receiver, uh, a fantastic route runner, as we know. Um, but so much of route running is predicated on timing and I just don't see Tyrod as a timing based quarterback. So uh, to me, if Justin Herbert were to ever get the call, I almost wonder if he would be better for Keenan Allen's production, but um, from a fantasy perspective, you know, the bottom line is he is going to be the primary receiver along with Mike Williams. And I, but I I would, I, I would, since a little bit of regression coming into 2020, I would be surprised if he saw, you know, 90 receptions this year, I would be surprised if he pushed 1200 yards. So what are we talking, you know, 80, 85 receptions, you know, uh, 1100 receiving yards, something like that. And he's never really been a huge touchdown maker either. So let's put him you know, anywhere between five to seven touchdowns. It's fine. It's, it's good from a fantasy perspective. It's not great. Um, for me he is somewhere he should be valued somewhere in that third round uh, and I know that's going to not fit well with Keenan who is so competitive but uh, but from a fantasy perspective that's probably where I would place him
1: and the caveat to all this is we're talking fantasy versus reality right I mean yeah fa- fantasy is about putting up numbers and sometimes you, you have offenses James to score 40 points uh, you know, three out of four weeks and they win six games, you know, it's so it's not, it's not real life, but Keenan wide receiver 2 I'd feel good about him being my wide receiver too. Yeah,
0: absolutely. hundred percent. And again, that's why I give him that third round price tag, right? You know, if he's your wide receiver one, you're probably going to have to have another really good, uh, uh, second wide receiver. You know, maybe you kind of address that in the flex as well, but no, no, no. Listen, if he's your wide receiver too, you're, you're a static man. So that's why I give him that, you know, that mid third round grade, because I would think he's probably going to be somebody's second wide receiver. That, that would be my thought. Uh, But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of where I would value him in in 2020. I'm fascinated by
1: this next guy uh, and what he may do here in his fourth season, Mike Williams, Uh, two years ago, 11 total touchdowns, touchdown production went down last year, but yards per reception, 20.4, 1,001 yards, 49 receptions. The, the guy made a 40-plus a yard catch, James, almost every single week. Um, yeah. I am very intrigued to see what Mike Williams can do in, in year four. A healthy Mike Williams, uh, just so much talent, man. Uh, do you th- see him as a, a kind of a wide receiver, to borderline in 2020?
0: I, he's not a wide receiver, too, for me. Uh, he's an interesting flex play, certainly in best ball formats. He's an absolute – got to go get that guy because, as you mentioned, he's making big plays. But how crazy was it? Uh, last year, the guy had, what, two touchdowns all of 2019 and, and for the first time broke 1,000 yards receiving. And, and it just was it's so a weird backward season for Mike Williams, you know, where he was such a touchdown-dependent guy – but all of a sudden last year, you know, he has the yardage but just didn't get the scores. So That's what I'm saying. Put it together, right? Put the 11 total <laughs> touchdowns in that 1,000-yard season together, you may I, have I, something. I agree. I totally agree. You know, this is a guy that I – again, we talk about Tyrod Taylor. I think his skill set actually does mesh well with Tyrod Taylor. I had um, Mike Williams graded as – and for those folks who know me, you know, I do a lot of work with Net shin stats. And I had Mike Williams graded out as the second-best receiver in terms of tight window throws. So we're talking about when there's less than one yard of separation, Mike Williams is that dude. He's going to be that dude that goes up and gets it, was one of the most productive wide receivers uh, when we're talking about tight window throws. And and why is that? It's because, again, he's averaging so many air yards per target so deep downfield. A lot of times he's being doubled as well, and he's still coming down with it. So, to me, um, Tyrod is the guy that will take shot plays. And if that's the case, Mike Williams is going to be on the end of of a few of those. I'm really interested to see um, if either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams can get on the same page With Tyrod's scrambling ability, you know, once he gets outside of that pocket and starts freewheeling it, which one of those two receivers, maybe it's both. If it's both, great. But if either one of those two can get on that, you know, on that same, on that same plane of existence uh, with Tyrod in terms of when he gets outside of the pocket, that's the receiver that's going to benefit the most. But I would think because of his size. I would think that Mike Williams uh, will present a very nice, you know, cushiony target for Tyrod when he gets outside of that pocket. Interesting. All right, final guy,
1: Hunter Henry. Uh, last year, you know, he only played the 12 games last year. 55 catches, 652 yards, five touchdowns. The guy's 25 years old. He's had some tough luck, almost kind of like fluky luck with, with injuries. Um, I can envision Hunter, if he's healthy, having a, a really big year in twenty twenty.
0: Oh no doubt, um, and, and I absolutely love his prospects because he's going for for nothing. I, I mean, you can you can grab him double digit rounds, no problems. Um, and if we're talking about tight ends uh, that have that upside, um, I, it's it's got to be Hunter Henry. I, I mean, the thing I love about his role in offense is that it's so well defined. You know what the pecking order is. Uh, in terms of, of where the targets are going to be distributed, you know, Keenan Allen's going to get all the underneath stuff. You know, Mike Williams is going to get all the over the top stuff. And then Hunter Henry is your go-to tight end. They're, they don't have any of their pass-catching um, options at tight end. So uh, to me, it's a very clear structure in terms of how the offense is organized, and I really like that. And, and I think Hunter Henry can can absolutely ball out. We know he's got the talent. Um, you know, injuries have sapped him somewhat of, a, of the athleticism. We know that. But as you mentioned, 25 years old, who knows, man? I, I mean, I, I'm expecting a bump in production from him. He's got to stay on the field. He absolutely yeah. needs to stay on the field. The, the Chargers need him to stay on the field because he's that talented. Um, and, and I'm really looking forward to his prospects here in 2020. He's a guy that I'm absolutely targeting in fantasy
1: drafts. James Coe. He does it all. Tell me about Fantasy Five, this new micropod. Oh. First of all, I love the concept because you know people don't have a lot of time in their day. If you can provide a lot of information in a short amount of time, um, people are going to go and
0: subscribe. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping, man. You know, it's it's the concept that I kind of came up with. It, it's uh, I'm calling it a micropod, a micropodcast. It's it's about five minutes long, you know, and that's why we call it the Fantasy Five with James Go. I would love for people to subscribe and listen, and again, you know, maybe they're like me, you know they're they're a dad and they've got other things they've got going on. They don't necessarily have time for an hour long podcast. yeah, right? an hour long podcast dedicated to fantasy football. They, they just don't have the time, right? <laughs> um, I'm gonna hit you three times a week with three different five minute podcasts. Um, I'm gonna tell you all about all the pickups that you need to make, you know, all the deep sleepers that you need to know about all the transactions, all the moves, basically anything and everything that is fantasy related um, and and talk about kind of what the fallout might be. So I'm hoping uh, that it does catch on. Uh, It's something that I've been kind of developing over the last couple of seasons. I just haven't found the right platform. Now I've got the right platform uh, teaming up with with guys like uh, with Brad Evans, uh, who gave me this platform to kind of explore this space. So um, I would love for folks to kind of go find the podcast. Just test it out. I mean, it's five yeah. minutes, Chris. It's make five it part minutes, it. man. Listen, make it part of the
1: rotation, right? right. It's, it's hard to say make a 30-minute pod part of your rotation if you got some, but especially if you're a fantasy football owner. Five minutes of your day, three days a week, it's not much to ask, and you get a lot of great information.
0: Yeah, uh, that's what I'm hoping, man. And, again, if you guys want to hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, by all means – um, at James Deco. I, I answer a lot of fantasy questions and, and I try to do a pretty good job. I'd like to think i do a pretty good job of answering just about, you know, damn near any question that comes my way. But man, I, I'm really hoping this podcast uh, kind of sort of sticks. And, um, and, and to be honest with you, you know, I, I think there's a space for it. And, and I would love for, for people to kind of give it a, a test run and, and see where it goes.
1: Well, hey, man, I have already subscribed. Uh, I know Chargers fans will do the same. They love your work. You I love your work. I uh, always appreciate you coming on, and, and we'll do this again during the season. We'll figure figure out some time, you know, yeah, week, maybe a week five, a week seven, uh, when, when people are in, in crisis mode <sighs> with their rosters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. I love it, Chris. Thanks for bringing me on, man.
1: All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. So big thanks to James Coe and Haley Elwood for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. Remember, be sure to subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network, wherever you listen to podcasts. In addition to Chargers Weekly, we got some fun stuff cooked up this season. Have a great weekend, and until next time, I'm Chris Hayward.